Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. Do you consider yourself a fighter? Oh, Jolenta, you know I don't. I consider myself a lover. I really should have expected that when I asked this question, <laughs> but I'm still surprised. <laughs> but come on, we all know you, though. You're a fighter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say I definitely consider myself a fighter. But, you know, sometimes I do worry that I'm all fight and no purpose. So are you bringing this up because you want to come to my side and be a lover, Jolenta? Or because <laughs> you want to be a better fighter? Uh, obviously, it's the latter. Because I'm Jolenta <laughs> Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this, our eighth season, we are living exclusively by self-help guides that were written by celebrities. And today, we are tackling I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight by Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho is a comedian, actor, writer, and activist. Born in San Francisco to Korean immigrant parents, she was raised in, quote, a community of old hippies, ex-druggies, burnouts from the 1960s, drag queens, Chinese people, and Koreans. Growing up, she was molested by family members. She was bullied for being fat and queer. She was told again and again to go back to where she came from. But rather than retreat, Margaret Cho got vocal, pursuing a stand-up comedy career that's known for critiquing social and political problems. In her mid-twenties, she created and starred in All American Girl, which was the first primetime network TV show in U.S. history to star an Asian American cast. In the years since, she's continued to do stand-up and star in films like Face Off and TV shows like Drop Dead Diva. 
And throughout, she's won awards for her humanitarian efforts on behalf of women, Asian Americans, and the LGBTQ community. In 2005, in the aftermath of George W. Bush's highly contested re-election, Margaret Cho wrote, I have chosen to stay and fight with the aim of helping her readers shake loose their disillusionment and get through the years ahead. Drawing mostly from her own blog entries, as well as letters to public figures and personal musings, the book, chapter by chapter, lays out the issues Cho considered most pressing at the time. Along the way, Cho also inserts lots of personal history, righteous rage, and humor. And of course, there's her rallying cry throughout to not stand down or run away, but to stay and fight for what's right. Here's how you do it. Step one, entitle yourself to speak. Silence doesn't just equal death, it equals non-existence. So find the courage to use your voice, then use it. Remind yourself that while straight white men may do all the talking, it doesn't mean they're more qualified to speak. And when people try to silence you online with hate, post their hate mail and email addresses on your website. Step two, give peace a chance. Think of all the people you love and how hard it would be to never see them again. That's how life is for families of the 1,858 U.S. soldiers and the thousands of civilians killed in Iraq at the time this book was published. Killing only begets more killing. So get over the idea that we have to fight for freedom abroad. We don't even have it here. Instead, consider how your words can do the work of bombs. Step three, race in America. If you're white, know that admitting your own ignorance doesn't excuse it. Stop trying to, quote, tell Asian people apart because they don't want or need to be classified. Don't tell racist jokes and learn why affirmative action isn't a bad thing. If you're a person of color, acknowledge how tiring it can be at times having a collective heritage that's oppressed. Admit to your own racist brainwashing. Fight alongside black people, immigrants, and others who share your struggle. Never take the side of the oppressor, and regardless of who you are, accept that no art or artist is perfect, and try to love everyone. Step four. Feminism is a feminist issue. Accept that women have the right to choose what to do with their own bodies. Stop being squeamish about periods. Quit obsessing over your looks because no one's looking at you anyway. Enjoy your body in a belly dancing class or other body positive activities. Be honest about who you are because honesty is hot. If someone calls you a selfish bitch, own it. Women have been told to be selfless for too long. If there are women you love to hate, make sure you have a good reason. And remember, if you're not a feminist, you don't deserve to live. Step five, family values. Realize that same-sex marriage will not harm you and that gay people will not turn your kids gay unless they started out that way. Remember that we hold the keys to gender in our minds and hearts, not our bodies. Stop taking the high road with homophobes. Speak out, write letters to elected officials, vote, commit acts of civil disobedience, and be a mentor to LGBTQ youth. Step six, what would Bowie do? We don't live in one nation under God, but many nations under many gods, and sometimes we don't even have a god. Accept these differences and understand that while religion can help some people, it's also invoked in ugly ways, especially by politicians and self-appointed false prophets. Believe what you want to. Enjoy art, music, and experiences that feel transcendent. And try to see all people and creatures as part of the eternal mystery of life. Step 7. The Right to Life our government and society criminalize things that are not criminal, like women's sexuality and being black. Many people on death row don't belong there. We kill the innocent time and time again, so educate yourself about the system. Demand prison reform, policing reform, and an end to the death penalty. Reach out to an incarcerated person and practice compassion. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All righty, Jolenta, I have got to hear about your first week living by I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight by Margaret Cho, because you are such a fighter. I need to hear about your fight, girl. I'm a fighter, <laughs> and I fucking love Margaret Cho. <laughs> um, I have to say, she's one of my all-time favorite comedians. Like, her comedy specials changed my life and, like, got me through high school. Like, I love her. I haven't been on her podcast like you, but once when I was a junior in high school, I was on a Southwest flight with her, and I <gasps> knew I was a fan, and she gave me an Altoid, and I'll never forget it. 
Oh my gosh. How did I not know this story? That is so good, Jolenta. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I love it. I love it. So what is the first thing you did living by this book? Did you mail Margaret Show and Altoid right back? I didn't. Right no, back I at didn't, her? No. I didn't send her jack shit, Kristen. <laughs> Look, um, I started with step three. Ah, uh, yes. Race in America. Right. Um, and so, as I said mere moments ago, Margaret Cho's work has made me feel so seen and so not alone in my life. And I was like, shit, I should make sure I am making people feel seen and not alone in their lives and right now. Um First, I just tried to be a good ally by sharing the stories of people of color that I know. And look, I'll be honest, I'm lucky. I have amazing friends. I have people like you, Kristen, who will tweet about racism and things that have happened to you. Um, and I get to, you know, share that and learn from you because you are so open. I also, um, just in years of working in theater and comedy, I've met really cool people like uh, my old friend, Steph Shu, Stephanie Shu. She's an actor from the path and marvelous Miss Maisel. She's also a big Broadway star. She was in the SpongeBob musical. Anyway. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that should have been the first thing you said. I'm sorry. I should have led with that. You're right. <laughs> um, she recently wrote a great article about how we can use art to better understand and then dismantle racism for variety. And I posted the shit out of that everywhere because it's incredible. She's incredible. She's a gift to us all. Um, so go find the article Stephanie Shu wrote in Variety. And I tweeted about it and Facebooked about it. So I'm just going to jump in here. If yes. you're not already following Jolenta on Twitter, she is at Jolenta G. And that article is right there. And I know this will sound silly, Kristen. But I also did some more stuff on Twitter. I started tweeting about the racism I have been watching on The Real Housewives. Oh, Jolenta, I, I had no idea you ever criticized anything about The Real Housewives. Oh, I no, thought I you loved the shit out of them. I thought you loved that show so much because you get mad at me when I criticize the show. Right, but that's because you do not know the nuances. <laughs> okay, so I'm not allowed to criticize the show, but you were criticizing it. What were you criticizing specifically? No, you can criticize it all you want. I just am a crazy person when it comes to The Real Housewives. <laughs> they're like my children or my family, where it's like, no, 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 I can tell you every single thing that's wrong with them, but you, I know you're not in the family, so like, why, why are you picking them up right now? <laughs> but I digress. Um if you're a Housewives fan, you have been watching all of the predominantly white casts integrate uh, Housewives of Color and various backgrounds into their casts, and it is not going well for a lot of them. There is a lot of unconscious bias. There's a lot of, like, skirting around the we-don't-see-color issue, <laughs> and I have been trying to make some mildly comical tweets about how we should try to do a lot better than the examples that we are seeing on Bravo right now. And I felt like Margaret would, although it's somewhat paltry, be proud of me for trying to use comedy to raise a little bit of awareness to it because people are always a, a little more accepting of things that make them laugh than things that make them go like, don't call me racist. Oh, yeah. I don't think people like being scolded, but I do think we like to mm -hmm. uh, sometimes trip into or laugh into a realization. Exactly, exactly. So I am going to continue doing that, and I'm even considering starting an account on Twitter solely devoted to it. Because there's so much material to go through. Oh, people would love that, Jolenta. Okay, good, good. I'm glad I have your approval. Like, this is probably going to happen. All right. And what did you do after that? So after that, I did step four. That is, feminism is a feminist issue. Exactly. And why feminism is important has been coming up a lot in my house lately uh, since my mom has been back in town. And I guess content warning um, hmm? for the rest of my time in this uh, episode. I'm going to talk a lot about domestic violence. Noted. Thank you for the warning. Thanks. Ever since my parents split, I've been basically slowly coming to terms with the fact that my dad was, was incredibly controlling and, and sexist. And 
watching my mom struggle to do things on her own because my dad was like too controlling to ever let her do them on her own makes makes my blood boil. Here I am talking to my partner Brad about it. Everything that's tied to my dad makes her like literally get scared. Like she was on the phone with Tom and she was like, I don't have anyone I want to contact in Santa Barbara because I don't want him to know what I'm doing. Um, and it, and, she, and I was proud of her for saying that too, being like, it, you know, it brings up a lot of like PTSD. Um, and I think it's pretty clear, like she doesn't say it in so many words, but like I am leaving a marriage with someone sort of who was so controlling and like debilitated me a little bit. And like, he can't know what I'm up to. Where it's like she's leaving a like pretty controlling abusive relationship, especially at the end. But anyway, I was proud of her for like just being so upfront about like I don't want my ex to know it was a really bad divorce. Like, it's wild. So I'm not sure if you heard that there, Kristen, but Brad basically had to say the word abusive before I could. Yeah. Uh, abusive is not always an easy word to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as women, we're constantly told to uh, minimize any experiences that might be perceived as abusive. I don't know if right. men are given the same messaging from day one that women are. <laughs> oh, that. for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, just saying that word out loud, having Brad say it to you and you accept right. it, I think that's great. And I think Margaret Cho would be very proud of that conversation acknowledging that. Yeah, yeah. It's been tough and wild. And, you know, my mom is often a lot better at acknowledging the sort of lingering effects that my dad's selfishness had on her. And, you know, her attitude about that, coupled with me noticing that I was having trouble actually calling my dad's behavior abusive, led me to think about hitting up step one. Ah, yes. Step one is entitle yourself to speak. Right. So, Kristen, I'm going to speak right now and tell you some stuff that's been going on that I haven't been talking about much on the show. Let's hear it. I am so ready for it. So, what I have been learning is that part of getting diagnosed with lupus and getting treatment to put this flare in remission has been coming to terms with the fact that my dad was abusive. And how is that? Like... Basically, it started small, like time after time, I would go to the doctor and they would all say something about me having a really high pain threshold because I tend to wait longer than their average patient before deciding to come in. This led me to wondering why that is and reminiscing about all the times my dad withheld medical attention when I was hurt or sick or sort of telling me I was weak or faking it for attention And then I thought about all the times my dad would, like, fly into fits of rage and be the one who both, like, hurt me and then withheld medical attention. Oh, God. And I started telling my doctors about this, being like, it might be why I don't notice when I'm in pain, because sometimes I think I'm making it up. And my rheumatologist said that basically my story is incredibly common And that more and more studies are closely linking autoimmune diseases with, you know, anything that causes PTSD, any Mm -hmm. long-term stress, like living in combat zones, living in abusive households, you name it. Mm -hmm. And she said that addressing this trauma can actually be a big part of lessening my lupus symptoms. And like, as you address the mental, the physical goes away. She basically said, you can't swallow poison your whole life and not expect to get sick. Ah, I love that. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, they're super tied together. Well, did that information from your doctors and talking frankly with them about all this hard stuff, did that lead to more comprehensive medical care? Well, first it led to step two, and then it led to the more comprehensive medical care. Ah, step two is give peace a chance. How, mm-hmm. how, how did all of this tie together? So I got a little liberal with Give Peace a Chance, Kristen, (laughs) Um, because Margaret Cho says, you know, fighting with words is stronger than fighting with bombs. And I feel like you need some peace of mind before you can even get your words ready to fight. So I was aiming for some peace of mind here. I hope 
you're okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. We're all going to do what we're going to do here. These are our rules. This is our world, Jolenta. Buy the book is our world. (laughs) Yeah, wait. I make the rules. Well, Kristen wrote these rules. Thank you, Kristen. (laughs) So while I'm doing step one, I'm talking to my psychiatrist about all of this and my dad and how weird it's felt confronting all of this sort of years after the fact. I mean, I am in my 30s and just now sort of realizing like, oh, shit, I was abused a little. Um, And I started telling her that the stress of all of this was making my thinking really cloudy and keeping me up all night with insomnia and making it hard for me to even find the right words when I talked and making my moods crazy volatile. I was having huge fights with my mom and Brad many times a day. Mm. At this point, she says, hold on, that does not sound like just stress. Have you been taking any new lupus medication? And I was like, yeah, I started getting monthly steroid injections, did my first round a few weeks ago. Why? I actually know where this is going, Jolenta. Yes, yes. you do. Kristen had <laughs> to hear about it a little bit. Um, basically, she informed me that it sounded like I was having a bit of a reaction to my steroids, and I was in a state of steroid-induced hypomania. So I was experiencing mania, and she suggested that I go on a mood stabilizer while I get these steroid injections. And did you do it then, Jolenta? Well, why don't you take a listen and find out? I'm going to take my medicine. Oh, fun. How you feeling? Nervous. Yeah? Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I'm just nervous. I'm nervous. Right. Because it's unknown. And then part of me is like, well, I kind of like staying up all night. Like, (laughs) I don't need it. I'm like thriving. Like, which is also not correct. That's your mind playing a few tricks. Right. It's also just confusing because I feel like, like, because I'm acting so different from myself, it's like I'm taking care of a different person. Because, like, I have the wherewithal to, like, deal with the doctors and shit, but then be like, ah, but, like, I'm fine at night. Yeah. All right, here I go. Okay. Good luck. Bottom zap. Okay. You feel crazy yet? Hmm. Oh my god, I'm just so serene and like okay with myself. Are you stabilized? Oh my god, wait. She's been stabilized, ladies and gentlemen. I have no problems. <laughs> and I'm 100% secure with myself. I know exactly what I want to do with my life. And I don't doubt myself at all. Wow. And I want to go to bed at a reasonable hour and get up at a reasonable hour. Oh my hour. gosh, I like this medication. Oh my god, wait. Brad, we did it. I also don't even have lupus anymore. Did that give you the peace of mind that you needed? The peace of chance? Well, Kristen, on the first night, it gave me a piece of really good sleep. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> and after a few days, I have to say my mood stabilizer stabled my moods. <laughs> I was way, way, way less up and down. Like, no catastrophic fights. I could sleep at night. And in general, I was just feeling, like, less despondent. Mm. So... I definitely got some peace of mind, and that cleared up room in my head to do some other shit in week two that I'll tell you about later. Mm, Well, I'm excited to hear about it. But Kristen, I am so curious to hear about how your first week went living by I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight by the Margaret Cho. Well, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge that I was already a Margaret Cho fan when we decided to live by this book. I've seen her perform stand-up. I've watched her show All-American Girl. And a few months ago, as you mentioned, Jolenta, I was even lucky enough to be invited on her podcast, The Margaret Cho. Um, And if you want to hear a clip of that, take a listen to our episode, Everybody's Got Something by Robin Roberts because we play a little clippy-poo in there. But (laughs) let's move on to this book. How did you start your week living by Margaret Cho's advice? All right. Well, I started with a mix of step one and step three. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Step one is entitle yourself to speak, and step three is race in America. 
Yes. And for this, I appeared on a podcast called Therapy Rocks with Signe Darfinian. We talked about a wide range of topics, but the one we spent the most time on was diversity in the media and how most of the media gatekeepers from podcast companies to Hollywood bigwigs to film critics treat white men as the default and how I've tried to do things differently with movie therapy and the other podcasts I host. Listen. Um, And you and Rafer are also a diverse co-host team. Yeah, as I mentioned, yeah, as I mentioned, he's Latino and I'm Asian. I think you make such strong points in the book because you talk about, you know, how a diverse team means the potential to reach more listeners, you say, and have more diverse sources. Absolutely. And fewer blind spots. Absolutely. And one thing that I am so proud of with me and Rafer on our podcast, the majority of top 10, top 20, top 100 film podcasts that are on the Apple charts, the vast majority are hosted by white dudes who Mm. don't even realize that they only discuss movies that are by white dudes starring white dudes. You are never going to hear an episode of Movie Therapy where every movie stars a white dude. Every episode you're going to hear movies that are led by women, directed by women, uh, led by queer people, led by people of color. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Brandon will keep this in, but I was literally dancing around saying, yes, 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 while Kristen (laughs) is playing this clip. Um, (laughs) Representation matters. Margaret Cho says it so many times in her book. I love that you're just talking about it loud and proud wherever you can, because we need to really understand how much representation matters in order to fucking get over our hang up about like hiring enough representation. Yes. Thank you, Kristen. I am so in love with you right now. I'm sure Margaret Cho would be as well. What did you do next? I waded into step two. Give peace a chance. How did you wade in? Well, Jolenta, as you know, the U.S. announced plans to withdraw from Afghanistan right before we started living by this book. But we are still there now and um, supposedly we will be out by September. We'll see. But it hit me. This war has been going on for half of my freaking life, Mm. and that means there's a whole generation of children and young adults in Afghanistan who have never known their country as a safe place, who have never lived in a nation that's not war-torn. And it just, oh my God, the reality of that Mm -hmm. hit me so hard. Yeah, it's fucking mind-blowing as I sit here thinking about it. I remember I was in sixth grade, so someone my age in Afghanistan has dealt with it. Since sixth grade. Yeah. And I decided I need to learn more Mm. about what all the young people over there are going through. And so I read articles. I listened to podcasts. I watched documentaries. And here are some of the stats I learned. Oh, God. This is just terrible. One child in 16 dies before their fifth birthday, which is nine times that of the U.S. 38% of children suffer from stunting due to malnutrition, 42% of children are out of school, and 76% of girls struggle to read and write, 21% of children are engaged in child labor instead of learning, 15% of people have been forced to flee in conflict, 55% of people live in poverty. It's just heartbreaking. It was all incredibly upsetting. And I didn't really know what to do with all Mm. that I was learning other than to make a donation, honestly. And so I did. Uh, I looked up different organizations. I decided to donate to save the children's efforts in Afghanistan. And I'm not sure it's quite what Margaret Cho asked us to do. Uh, She kind of has the mindset that the pen is mightier than the sword, but I Mm. decided in my case, my credit card was. Your pen wrote a check. (laughs) Sort of, yes. That's a good way to look at it, yes. Right? I mean, if we can flash back to, like, let's say the 90s when check writing was all the rage. <laughs> oh, I remember checks. You and I are maybe the last generation to remember checks. I was going to say, yeah. I did ha- – my, like, first wallet had, like, a checkbook holder. Like, yes. for real. Because I used checks enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. We're old. So that's what I did. I think she'd approve. I feel like your awareness is important reading the stats here where I'm, you literally just educated me. Like you're spreading that awareness. Um, Hopefully someone listening may learn something. And of course, like, like I said, 
you know, you're using your pen to write a check and like money literally always helps. Mm. It's sad but true right now. Um, what did you hit up after that? I figured since I was already dealing with depressing realities, I would do step seven. And that is the right to life. Yes. And there's an organization I've been supporting off and on for many years called The Innocence Project. But it has been a while since I made a donation. So I figured now more than ever, why not make one now? And for anyone who doesn't know about The Innocence Project, please check them out. They work toward exonerating people who've been wrongly convicted through the use of DNA Mm -hmm. testing. And they also work toward prison reform. They do so many good things. Please, please, please uh, check them out. See what they're doing for incarcerated people. See what they're doing for the justice system. They are an outstanding organization. Again, that's The Innocence Project. So I donated again to them. Yep. Speaking of amazing things... What'd you do next? Was it amazing? (laughs) Well, I wanted to end the week on a less depressing note, so I decided to try step four. And that is feminism is a feminist issue. Yes. And for this step, I wanted to enjoy my womanly body the way Margaret Cho did in the book with a belly dancing class. Yes. And for her, belly dancing was a gateway to loving all her roles and soft spots and curves. And uh, it just seemed like a lot of fun, too, the way she described it. And so I logged onto YouTube, all excited to embrace my thighs and my tummy. But (laughs) unfortunately, this is what happened. So what we're going to be doing is doing a bit of a stretch kind of workout. It's full fat burning workout because we are moving nice and getting through the rhythm. I don't care about fat burning. So don't worry about that. We'll be burning calories as we go along. Nope, I don't care about burning calories. Find a new one. All right. I just want to learn how to belly dance and have fun. Let's see here. Nope, not belly dance fat workout. No, not belly buster workout. No. Let's find another one. Uh, Belly dancing cardio workout for weight loss. God, why are they all for weight loss? That sounds bleak. <laughs> it was, Jolenta. Jeez, <laughs> none of those videos sound like they're about loving your curves or embracing them. Like, I took a belly dancing class when I was in high school, and it was very much like, push out your belly. Who cares about sucking in? It was exactly like, well, you know what? It was exactly when Margaret Cho was writing that book. Ah. Ding, ding, ding. Um, that's such a fucking bummer. Oh, God. It was such a letdown because, you know me, Jolenta, I I already have my own history of, like, disordered eating and obsessive body dysmorphia crap. And the last thing I need to do is to try an activity that's supposed to be body positive that's just telling me how to burn fat. That's shaming. Look at that belly. Ladies, we're going to do this to your thighs. Like, no, no. You're going to have no jiggle because if your body moves when you move, that's crazy. Oh, God. It It was not fun. But I do want to reassure you, Jolenta, things got way better in week two. Good, good. Because I was getting depressed that belly dancing equals weight loss. And to find a real belly dancing video, you have to search like authentic or something like that. (laughs) But like the default is to get skinny. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to a break so we can finish up Kristen's cliffhanger. (laughs) But first, have you lived by I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight? Did it work for you? Share your story at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod, or you can write to us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. And of course, you can always leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. 
And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey, everyone. We're back. And Jolenta, we're ready to hear about your second week of living by I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight. Tell us about it. Well, Kristen, we left off with me getting my moods stabilized, Kristen, and I wanted to devote my second week to taking advantage of being in a better place. Nice. And what did you do first? Uh, first, I did step seven. Step seven is the right to life. Mm-hmm. So... As we know, Margaret Cho says we got to educate ourselves on the systems that keep oppression going so we can get rid of them with things like law reform and, like, being nice. Yes. So, first, I took to the internet, as did you, and I mainly wanted to look at the cycle of domestic violence and how it is encouraged by financial abuse and the sort of financial structures we Mm. have in play. Because I keep thinking about my mom because she would not be able to have the independent life she has now and or just bounce back so quickly from this divorce had she not had a lot of money to do it with. Mm. I love that you don't lie about that. So many people just don't want to admit that money is a factor in all sorts of areas of life Mm. Uh, as far as taking care of ourselves, as far as escaping bad situations. Money is such a huge factor. Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up on the website for the Domestic Violence Hotline. They are a great resource. Um, And they offer free webinars. So I signed up for their next one, which is in a few weeks, and it's called Expanding the Ecosystem of Support for Survivors in the U.S. And it's all about reframing intimate partner violence for what it is, which is a structural economic issue. You know, we need to sort of reimagine how we allocate funds and like survivors need money in order to even begin to find a safe place to go in order to heal, in order to break that cycle of violence, you know? So we have to start focusing more on the financial structures. And I'm going to learn all about that very soon. And I'm sure I'll post up a storm about it. Jolenta, that is fantastic. And it's looking at things from the big picture from a thousand feet up instead of just, why aren't these ladies stronger and why don't they just leave? You, you know? should go sooner. It's like, well, you can't when he controls all your money. Yes. yes. So what did you do after that? After that, I kept researching and ended up at step five. Step five is family values. Right. So we need to educate ourselves about the family values. We need to broaden our definition of what can be a family because we still have a pretty small one, like a man and a woman. Like that involves like pretty finite ideas about gender and sexuality. And I started thinking again about my parents' divorce. That's the theme of this episode. (laughs) Um, And how the process was so stacked against my mom and so Pro the man, whether it's whether you're dealing with lawyers, forensic accountants, money managers, essentially, it's like, why did you let this happen to you? And if my mom, a freaking rich white lady who's super friendly from the Midwest, Kristen, Mm -hmm. um, is getting this kind of shit, what do the people go through who aren't like my mother, who are in same-sex couples and trying to find refuge, who mm. aren't allowed to legally be married but are trying to separate their lives from someone who's controlling? Mm. It, the lines get even blurrier and blame gets even easier to throw when you're not straight. Yes. So my research ab- about this subject led me to a wonderful organization called the Domestic Violence Legal Empowerment and Appeals Project. DV Leap is what it's called for short, because that's a big one. It's a big (laughs) name. And they are dedicated to making the law work for survivors of domestic violence by challenging unjust trial outcomes, which is pretty much what you're guaranteed if you're not a straight white dude. (laughs) Yes. Maybe I'm biased, but all the stats essentially say, like, you're sort of fucked if you're a woman, and you're exponentially fucked if you're in a non-traditional couple. Yeah. Well, 
they are an amazing organization, and mm-hmm. uh, I love that you were getting involved with them. Um, oh, so I signed up to volunteer with them, but Kristen, when I was signing up, I did hit a slight snag. Would you like to hear? Absolutely. I'm trying to fill out this volunteer form for the Domestic Violence Legal Empowerment and Appeals Project. Oh, nice. And it's just like, basically, if you aren't, if you don't work in law, but want to like maybe help them do shit, like you fill out a form and like they sort of like keep you on file. <laughs> but it is required to upload a resume. <laughs> so I can't even say like see website. It's like I have to submit a file. And I haven't had a resume. Oh, no. What? Since like we started by the book. Yeah. So I was just thinking I'm going to take screen caps of my website. Yeah. That's that's really funny. Isn't that funny? Like, what would you do? You wouldn't have one? I'd be like, what? I'd be like, I, can't, I literally don't even have a file. Like, I can't even volunteer here. I don't even have a file saved to this computer <laughs> called Resume. Like, because I've also changed computers. Like, it's been so long. So, DV Leap, if you're listening... I can make a resume if you need it. Please do not hold my screenshot against me (laughs) because I love what you do and I want to be a part of it. And I'm very excited to hear back hopefully soon and do some stuff. Mm. Well, you'll definitely have to let us all know, Jolenta, how that goes. Let us know if they accept you. And if they don't, just call me up. You know I can help with your resume. I'm really happy to do that. I know. I know. I just thought I'd never have to do one again. (laughs) Just float around in the ether making a podcast. (laughs) And how did you finish your week? So I wanted to end my week with some unwinding Bowie style. Oh, yes. You mean step six, what would Bowie do? Mm-hmm. And I figured Bowie knows we need balance. Bowie knows after a heavy two weeks thinking a lot about violence and getting your mood stable, like, you deserve to enjoy the transcendent nature of, like, maybe eating a cupcake baked by Brad, inspired by a hostess cupcake with your mom. Ooh. Take a listen. It's like this frosting's firm, but then it just melts. Mmm, it's so good. It's really good. You get like, that down, Bradley. I'm not a big, like, all chocolate cake kind of thing, but, like, I will be eating about three of these sweet. in a minute. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's, it's not, like, too rich that I can't, perfect. like, have another. I'm just going to say, as somebody who has been the glorious and very fortunate recipient of many of Brad's baked goods, it really is a transcendent experience. Sometimes he really hits them out of the park. Yeah, it's so good. And this was one of those times. Nice. Nice. Well, that sounds like a beautiful way to end your second week. That's how I tried to just sort of cap it off with some chocolate. (laughs) Okay, Kristen, you ended your first week of living by I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight with some shockingly demoralizing weight loss videos veiled as belly dancing tutorials. But you said things got better. How so? What wow. did you do? How did you start your second week? I started with some good news that also happened to be feminist news. Uh, oh, shit. That is step four. Yes, more of good old step four. So you know that show I was on at the beginning of week one, Therapy Rocks with Signe Darfinian? Yes. Well, she reached out to me at the beginning of week two and said, I liked what you said on my podcast so much about media representation Would you be interested in writing a few paragraphs for my new book on body image and the media? Our target audience will be girls and young women. And, of course, Jolenta, you know I said yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Kristen. (laughs) Reading Margaret Cho's book has resulted in your words being in uh, another book. Yes, yes. Margaret making us so mad. We're books in books. (laughs) Yes, we are. On a show called By the Book. Did we mention that the word book is in our show title? Too many books. (laughs) (sighs) It's like too many cooks. (laughs) Oh, that is incredible. What did you do after that? I'd be fine if that was your whole week, too, but I know you did more, so tell me about it. I did. I did. I wrote up some paragraphs for the new book. I sent them off. And then after that, I figured, gosh, 
I was doing so well getting my voice out there, aka step one. doing step one, yes, that I'd better do what I could to help other people feel heard. And that meant turning in my papers to be an election worker <gasps> in our upcoming local elections. Here I am doing that. Dear Kristen Meinzer, please tear and return this notice as soon as possible. If you will be available to work the following elections, please inform us if any of your information has changed since the last election. And no, none of my information has changed. And yes, I am dropping it in the post box right now. Slide it in. And please choose me. Please choose me. Yay! Election. Oh, Kristen, I hope you get chosen. I like that both of us are like, and we'll see if they call back. I hope so. Oh, my gosh. I took the training online again also. I did not mention that. I know you have been wanting this for so long. (laughs) And, like, truly, New York, she's built for this. I don't know who to tell, like a pigeon, but, like, she's so good. (laughs) Yes, I want to do step one for everybody. Everybody who wants to vote, I want to be there to help you step one. Please, please. I know you wanted to be there last November. Didn't pan out. It's going to happen this time. Too many volunteers. Yeah. But maybe this time around, they'll need me. Fingers crossed. Okay. So what happened after that? I stumbled into step five. Well, that's good old family values, Kristen. Yes, it is. And Jolenta, do you remember how a few weeks ago when we were living by Robin Roberts' book, mm-hmm. I supported an LGBTQ organization? Yes. Well, I posted a photo of me in a shirt that I received with my donation. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted it at the top of June, wishing everybody a happy Pride Month. Yeah, no, I, I saw it. It is fucking gorgeous. She looks like a model, and the shirt says, love the sinner, hate the sin, but... Every word is crossed out on the shirt except just love. Yes. It's a red shirt. It's stunning. It gets the right message across. And it's supporting the right kind of family values, as far as I'm concerned, the ones that include everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And apparently other people agree with you, Jolenta, because before you know it, loads of people who saw that photo of me They began reaching out and asking, how can I get the same shirt? And so I posted links, and wouldn't you know, dozens of people have now told me that they bought the shirt, and half of all proceeds from the sale of each shirt go to support LGBTQ nonprofits in honor of my late friend Ellie Conant. Mm -hmm. So everybody wins. The memory of Ellie wins. LGBTQ people win. Anybody who gets a shirt wins because it's a great shirt. It's just, it's an all-around winner. Can I tell you something? (gasps) Oh! I have the tab open to where you can buy the shirt in my browser from when you posted that. And I was like, oh, what is that tank top? So <laughs> it's probably going to be in my wardrobe too. Nice. Oh, we'll be, we'll be matchy all through June. We'll do it. We'll do it. Love it. Um, what happened after you wore your shirt? Well, I wanted to keep the good feelings going. So I did step six. And step six, uh, what would Bowie do? Yes. And for this, Margaret Cho says we should find transcendence where we want to, you know, whether it's art or music or house of worship or in your case, cupcakes. Yes. And it's up to us. So, Jolenta, as you know, I find transcendence in flowers and bird singing and in art and so on. And so I found a place where Dean and I could take in all of those things together, the Yayo Kusama exhibit at the New York Botanic Garden. Oh, Kristen. Please tell me you don't have sex in the garden. Well, I'll just let you listen. Are you sad at all that the weather's not? (laughs) No, I think the rain makes it kind of like shiny and glistening. Like, I don't need bright sunshine to appreciate um, the sheer, like, presence of this. It's amazing. Did I tell you about how much I used to love her work back when I was in college? No. So she had this exhibit that only went to, like, five stops, like the MoMA and then the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis, not very many places, and it was called Love Forever. And it's one of the art exhibits that I've seen in my life, and I've seen hundreds Hundreds. probably, (laughs) that I remember most vividly. I remember remember walking into one of those rooms, and from far away it almost looks like shag carpeting, but it's just 
a whole bunch of stuffed animals, and as you get closer, all the stuffed animals are penises. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> You've never mentioned this before. I haven't? Oh, my God. No. I wonder if maybe mine's distracting you. Oh, honey, no. <laughs> no, she makes really... All of her art is kind of a mixture of organic and whimsical and delightful and loving. And organs, apparently. <laughs> well, in this case, it's all, like, flowery, isn't no, it? it is. It's beautiful. And I'm, I'm making fun, even though I'm in awe. That exhibit sounds great. The stuffed penises sound great. Dean, <laughs> Dean, we get it. You love your wife. Very attracted to her. And in these private moments, you express that. It's it's very cute, but also, like, it's just so Dean. <laughs> it is. It's very, very Dean. Um, and I just want to do a shout-out to that exhibit. Anybody in the New York area, please go there. It is just large-scale art that is not going to be in any building. We're talking, like, gift-wrapped trees. We're talking about interactive gourds. We're talking about things that are big and beautiful and just surrounded by all of nature with all the birds singing, as you could hear in that clip. That sounds incredibly transcendent. And if there's anything that's transcendent to Kristen, it's birds singing, too. It is. It is. Um, did you do anything after that? Is that where you ended? Well, I decided I wanted to make one last attempt to do some belly dancing, but this time with one of my favorite YouTube fitness personalities, I chose the fitness marshal. And if you're not familiar with him, he is fantastic. He never talks about weight loss. His backup dancers include people of all races, genders, and sizes. One of them always does a modified low-impact version for people with different mobility levels. And here I am having fun with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. Some yummy. Oh, yeah. Allison's here today, my favorite. I love you, Allison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm churning that frozen yogurt. I'm hungry. Yeah, churning it. Putting it in my mouth, rubbing my belly. Yeah, it's almost as good as belly dancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm pulling the lever. Oh, yeah. Flash dance. Oh, yeah. I'm rubbing my tummy. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I love just, I love whenever anyone dances and just saying flash dance is always funny to me. <laughs> Whether or not it's applicable, just like that always gets me. Oh my I'm God. here for it. I don't know if you're making yogurt, if you're flash dancing, but it sounds like it is a fun way to embrace your body and not like worry about all the stupid, you know, classifications that, you know, the man says it should meet. Yeah, it really was fun. There was no shame. I laughed a lot. And, you know, anybody else out there who's not already following the fitness marshal, I got to tell you, he'll make your life better. Even if, like, Dean just likes to watch his videos sometimes and not even exercise with him. Just watch them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, or if you want to be like me and dance badly and then have a great big <laughs> smile on your face while you yell things like, flash dance. <laughs> Gotta yell, flash dance. <laughs> well, Kristen... I guess we better just take a break because I want to talk about verdicts and flash dancing. I mean, no, just verdicts. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick break. But while we're doing that, why don't you look down at your phone and write and review us? Go ahead. You give us five stars. Super easy. Write a little blurb about why you like us. And it's like Yelp for podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. 
New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. All right, Jolenta, it is time to get down to business. That's right. It's business time. It is. Did I have chosen to stay and fight actually work? Would we recommend it? Jolenta, you go first. Okay. I feel like both this book and myself were a bit all over the place these two weeks. (laughs) Um, Look, I loved this book because I love Margaret Cho. I'm super biased. However, this book stressed me the fuck out. (gasps) It did. But it, it stressed me out. Because it was like a time machine, Kristen. (laughs) It took me back to, you know, the era of like Bush and Cheney and like what I was going through then, what she was going through then, what we were all going through then. Um, And it put me there, but with the perspective I have now. So it was stressful, but like sort of refreshing because it was a good reframing experience. Mm. Also, once I was over the stress, just sort of the time capsuleness of the book, it is so very much of that time and a reaction to that time. It has reminded me that we've made a lot of progress. Mm. Like, you know, we are able to call out racism more. We're doing a less of the like blatant, we're colorblind stuff. We have legalized gay marriage. We have come a bit further. We are at least more aware. So it's like somewhat uplifting. Did it improve my life? Yes, I think it did. And I know I'm so biased, but I feel like (laughs) it sort of got me to take all this anger that's like whirling around inside of me and like find a few pinholes to like channel it through productively. Nice. So that sounds like a positive verdict. Yeah, if you want a time machine, and if you're like an old millennial Gen Xer, I think it might speak to you. I don't know about everyone else, though. Mm. I feel like you kind of have to love Margaret Cho and have to remember that time a bit. I don't know. But that's only my perspective, because that's the only one I have. <laughs> what is, what's your perspective? <laughs> well, I want to second everything you said about this definitely being a time capsule. I mean... She wrote this almost 20 years ago, and there are loads of old pop culture references, political references, love letters to people who maybe now through, you know, 2020 hindsight, maybe we don't love as much as she loved back then, right? Yeah. 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 And I got to say, well, I love a lot of uh, what she's writing about, and I agree with her on just about everything. I will say that I felt about 25 years too old for the book. And by that, I don't mean like uh, back then versus now. I mean Mm. like a lot of this felt like something I would have loved as a teenager. Right. You know, Um, when I was first tapping into my righteous anger about the inequities of the world, when I was 14 and going to my first marches and so on. I feel like this book would have been great for me then. You're right. Yeah. It would have been great. So, yeah. Are you a 14-year-old? Pick up this book. Definitely pick up this book. Um, All that being said, I still did get some good things out of the book, obviously. I learned more about Afghanistan. I saw an exhibition of one of my favorite artists. I uh, funneled donations to a cause I care about. And I'm going to be in a book. I'm going to be an expert talking head in a book, which is just... Talk it. Talk it. Yeah. It's phenomenal to me. I'm going to be in a book. So... All in all, you know, even with all my criticisms, I'll say it was not a bad two weeks. The book did what it set out to do. And again, I, I do think it is probably better for younger people, though. So if you know somebody who's between 14 and 24 out there who might want a book that has a lot of, oh, let's, let's fight back, th- this might be a good book for them. Yeah, there's a lot of, of helping you sort of discover what you're angry about. In yes. This book that I think like we've pretty clearly established already. <laughs> oh, we're angry old ladies already. <laughs> That's it for this episode of By the Book. 
Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producers Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Daisy Rosario, and our engineer Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and the Rizzos for performing it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read I Have Chosen to Stay and Fight. What do you fight for? What was your first Margaret show that made you go like, wait, I'm angry about that shit too. Tell (laughs) us your thoughts. Tell us what you're fighting about. Yes, you can always tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at Buy the Book Pod. And you can also reach out to us on Instagram. On Instagram, we're at Buy the Book Pod. We're also at Jolenta underscore G and K10 Meinzer. That's like, you know, K10 Meinzer, Kristen Meinzer. Mm-hmm. Get it? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Don't forget to tell your friends about the show, too. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm rubbing my tummy. Yeah. Oh, that leather oh, flash that Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stitcher. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.